Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the program today. We've been talking about the sovereignty of God, one of our favorite subjects. But before we get started, let me just remind you that we have an upcoming conference, September 17th and 18th. It is... uh, be Thou My Vision, the, the theme is on worship, and you can go to ReformationVoice.com and find all the details there. It's going to be a wonderful time together. We have a couple speakers, Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson, so you will not want to miss it. Go to ReformationVoice.com. Okay, so, so far we've talked about um, kind of the definition of God's sovereignty. We've talked about God's sovereignty in creation. Um, so today, let's talk about God's sovereignty in providence. How would you... First of all, what's the difference between creation and providence? Uh, providence would be the upholding of all things that God's created. And in fact, uh, there's, a, there's a question and answer in the Heidelberg Catechism that deals with this, where it says, what do you mean by the providence of God? And the answer is, the almighty and everywhere present power of God, whereby, as it were, by his hand, he upholds and governs heaven and earth and all creatures so that herbs and grass, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, meat and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, yes, all things come not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And uh, it goes on to ask the question, what advantage is it to know that God has created and by his providence does still uphold all things? And the answer to that is that we may be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and that in all things which may hereafter befall us, we place our firm trust in our faithful God and Father, that nothing shall separate us from his love, since all creatures are so in his hand that without his will they cannot so much as move. All creatures are in his hand. Nothing happens apart from him. Everything gets filtered through his hand. Yeah, um, and th- that indicates um, there's a there's a song that I know we all used to sing in Sunday school. He's got the whole world in his hands, mm-hmm. and that's a very simple song that even the smallest child can sing. But it's a, a deeply profound truth. And we're speaking anthropomorphically, you know. We're of speaking with, with man's language. Of course, God as spirit doesn't have a body. Doesn't have. Right. Hands, right. but we speak that way. That's the that's baby talk, so we can understand yeah. who God is. Yeah, it's baby talk for the doctrine of providence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got another. I've got a scripture here uh, that speaks of Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, uh, the second person of the Trinity. I'm in Colossians chapter one, beginning with verse fifteen. He that is Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. 
all things were created through him and for him. Okay, there's creation. Now comes providence. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Mm-hmm. That's providence. Yes. That our God, and here it's speaking specifically of the second person of the Trinity of Christ, is he not only cre- God didn't create the universe and then retire to you know to his villa on on the outskirts of the universe somewhere, uh, but he holds all things together. We can have great hope in that uh, because it means that God is not an absentee landlord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one of the ways that we can again kind of fall back to de- deistic thinking. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Well, God created everything, but you know, then kind of automatic processes took over. And, and so we're here today because of, of other reasons. And it's like, that is not what the Bible says. Right. In fact, right. there, there is a, a, a logical impossibility to that idea. Anything that God created is by definition um, contingent or dependent. And if God were to withdraw his hand from something that is contingent or dependent, mm-hmm. then the thing that is holding those things together, namely God, has just let go, and so those things fall apart. In fact, that's, God says as much in the book of Job. You know, if, if God were to withdraw his hand and, and take away his breath from all mankind, everything would return to dust. Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, that, that verse from Colossians that I just read, that says, in him, in Christ, all things hold together. I, I take that quite literally. If Jesus Christ were to let go of the universe— we evaporate into dust. Yep, yep. He holds the the, <laughs> very, the, nothing. <laughs> the, the very molecules of, of my body mm-hmm. are held together by him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's good places where we can go to um, for definitions and summary. I mentioned the Heidelberg Catechism, but the Westminster Confession of Faith does this. You know, we've, we oftentimes refer to these things because they are summaries of God's Word, and they're helpful. They're, you know, I mean, you don't ha- necessarily have an index in your Bible, but uh, these summaries, in a sense, index the things that are taught there. And on Providence, the Westminster Confession of Faith speaks about how God, the creator of all things, upholds, directs, disposes, and governs all creatures, actions, and things from the greatest even to the least by his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible knowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his will to the praise of his glory, wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's holding it all together, as Colossians points out. You'll f- find also uh, footnotes and references to those things in those confessional documents so that you can look up those scriptures yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another example is uh, Jesus says in Matthew ten twenty nine, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. So God's sovereignty is pictured here in the smallest, most inconsequential thing. The hairs of our head are numbered. That's the next verse. Some of us. (laughs) There's at least one person in this room that I could count the hairs (laughs) on his head. Well, and, and uh, the Psalms are, are filled, you know, I love, you know, Psalm 103 deals with very much with our salvation. Psalm 104 very much deals with God's 
providence. Uh, listen to th- some of the things that the psalmist says. You make springs. This is in Psalm 104.10. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. You like going hunting? Uh, you come across a little mountain spring up, up in, the, in the wilderness? God says that he's the one who makes that spring gush forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 11. Uh, these springs give drink to every beast of the field. Why do the deer and the elk and the moose get a drink? Because God is making sure that he is giving them drink. Right. Uh, you go out to mow your lawn in the summer. Verse 14 says, God, you cause the grass to grow. Uh-huh. Why do you have to mow your lawn every week? Because God is causing the grass to grow every yeah. week. These are not things, we're not deists. We believe that God is, is intricately involved in every single detail mm-hmm. in, in, in creation. Amen. And that's, that's not to deny, as Pastor Jonathan spoke a couple days ago, the confessional um, or the confession speaks about uh, this is not denying secondary causes. So one of the ways that God causes the grass to grow is through rain. And, and the whole water cycle, for example, I mean, many atheists take the Christian view of God's sovereignty and they say, oh, you just, you, you're denying science. You, you don't think the water cycle is really a thing that clouds and rain and, you know, uh, evaporation off the ocean, all those things. You're, you're saying that's not how your lawn gets watered. And we say, no, that, that is the means. That's the mechanism that God has ordained to do that exact thing. Yeah. But he is not, um, he is not, uh, set these processes up and then, you know, as pastor Phil has said, just retired off. He is actually active in upholding and sustaining every little bit of it. So, those processes are means that he's using. Yeah, and, and, and if you say, well, okay, fine, but I have milk in my fridge because there are farmers who are milking the cows and then there are, are shippers who are shipping the cows and then grocers who are, who are selling, you know, shipping the cows, shipping the milk, and then grocers <laughs> who are selling the milk. Well, you know, Luther used to talk about God's masks and, and when men and women operate in their vocation, that is God's way of providing for the rest of humanity. So, so you, you could say all day long, well, but you could see man at, at work at every single one of these steps. Well, what does the scripture say? The scripture says that God has established all of our steps, right. including our vocation, including you know, what we do for a living. Amen. You always you end, end on an affirmation. And then, and then, and then, and then it's like, saying, okay, where, 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 where well, are we going I, here? I have more to so say. That's, that's can... great. <laughs> so, um, so we're talking about God's sovereignty in, in providence. What A.W. Pink does in, in his book is he starts laying out like categorically. So God governs inanimate matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the example he gives is the parting of the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, if you remember the parting of the Red Sea, God's sovereignty was also very discriminate. He allowed the Israelites to come through the Red Sea, and then he caused the Red Sea to fall on the Egyptians. His next category is God's sovereignty over irrational creatures. Again, back to Egypt. How do you get frogs to infest even the bedchambers of, of Pharaoh? Uh-huh. I mean, can any, any person on earth cause the frogs to come out of the Nile today and inhabit everybody's bedroom, everybody's vessels, or gnats? Maybe, maybe, maybe you could do that with flies. Um, that, that was one of the other plagues, right? Mm-hmm. God exercises his control over irrational creatures. Or fast forward a little bit to the wilderness. We had quail that were piling up 
literally knee deep. That's right. You know, I mean, who can do that? Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, one of the other categories that uh, A.W. Pink puts forward is God governs over the the children of man. Um, and we're going to talk about this for sure a lot more when we get to God's sovereignty over over our salvation. But just maybe one verse, Proverbs 21, 21, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water, and he turneth it uh, whithersoever he will. He turns the king's heart. I mean, could we, can we think of any examples in Scripture where that is the case? There's things that we know about what God does. Actually, he names Cyrus before Cyrus is even yeah, born. Yep. He actually tells what Cyrus is going to do. He's going to decree that the people of Israel are able to go back to Jerusalem. And there's no record but, of Cyrus being a Christian. Or, and, no, and, no. Antiquated to he, him, but, but he, he, he served the Lord. He's used as God's hand in, all, in those things. He's using that secondary cause to accomplish his his purpose. Um, you know, every little thing, you, you know, even First uh, Kings 22, um, uh, you know, somewhere along about uh, verse 13, accidental things are controlled by God. The Lord declares this disaster on Ahab, and later a certain man sends a random arrow into the air, uh, which kills him. It, this is, this mm. would seem to be a random event. I yeah. shot an arrow in the air, and I where it lands, I know not where, but <laughs> in this case, God has actually decreed that to happen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the sovereignty of God. If you've missed any of our uh, broadcasts, just go to The Gospel for Life, wherever you subscribe to your podcast, and uh, we will see you next time.